welcome to the Tall Poppies podcast. To find out more about our guests or the content of the program, including information about the musical excerpts, visit our website at tall-poppies.com. Very warm welcome to another Tall Poppies Postcard. I'm Brendan O'Shea. Thanks for joining me on the podcast that spotlights Australian luminaries around the world. To find out more about Tall Poppies, the podcast, visit our website at tall-poppies.com. Featured in these episodes of Tall Poppies Postcards is an excerpt from the archives of interviews with renowned Australians I've conducted over the last decades. Today we'll be revisiting one of my interviews with Joan Sutherland. Not many opera singers could match the achievements of the Australian soprano Joan Sutherland. Her brilliant career stretched over four decades and the legendary singer was celebrated in opera houses and concert halls around the world. Yet, despite her worldwide fame and the many international honours she received during her lifetime, including Dame of the British Empire and the much-coveted accolade Order of Merit in 1991, Joan Sutherland remained unaffected by it all. She had, after all, been on the stage since 1947. Born in 1926, Young Joan initially took piano and singing lessons from her mother. She sang in concerts, oratorios and broadcasts throughout Australia and in August 1947 made an important concert debut in Sydney in Purcell's Dido and Aeneas. In 1951 she sang the title role in the world premiere of Eugene Gossens's Judith at the Sydney Conservatorium. The same year, having won a renowned Australian singing competition, she moved to London where she studied at the Royal College of Music and then joined the Covent Garden Company where she made her debut in 1952 as the first lady in Die Zauberflöte. As a company soprano at Covent Garden, Joan Sutherland sang a wide range of roles that encompassed works by Weber, Offenbach, Mozart, Verdi, Wagner and Tippett. An important influence in her career from this time was her collaboration with, 
and later marriage to conductor and pianist Richard Bonning. He was convinced that her future lay in the coloratura repertoire. For those of you not familiar with the term coloratura soprano, this refers to a singer who usually possesses a light, agile voice and is capable of singing very fast, utilising a wide vocal range. Dame Joan referred to this time with Covent Garden as her long apprenticeship, a stage of her career she always felt many singers today could benefit from. It came to fruition in the famous production of Lucia de Lamamore in 1959, conducted by veteran Italian Tullio Serafin and produced by Franco Seferelli. There, Joan Sutherland embarked on a series of triumphant debuts at the world's leading opera houses and her repertoire grew throughout her career. Her final performances were in Sydney in 1990. In retirement, Dame Joan was in demand as an adjudicator at major singing competitions and it was in this capacity that I met the legendary singer at the Queen Elizabeth Music Competition in Belgium. On one occasion, I was lucky enough to sit down with Dame Joan for a short interview and asked her, first of all, what aspect of her phenomenal career had surprised her the most. Well, the fact that I was actually accepted into Covent Garden and actually made a member of the company and was able to do an apprenticeship there with them for seven years before I suddenly was an overnight star. And today that doesn't happen either. I mean, I, I talked to one last this morning. I said, how long have you been studying? And she said, seven years. Well... I studied for a couple of years and then fortunately came away and and was in the company at Covent Garden and straight away I was singing roles. Without those those, uh, preparatory years, I I think I wouldn't have known how to handle myself, what to do. And certainly that that period of, of at Covent Garden... And then the immediate period after the next 10 years with sort of singing my first big performances in Europe, the Scala, Barcelona, Paris, going to the United States, singing at the Met and so on. I mean, that was unbelievable, wonderful. certainly has been the upsurge during my generation or my time of singing of the, the big interest in the bel canto repertoire and of course composers like Massenet for instance have begun to come into their own which I think he was a much neglected composer 
um, who wrote very beautifully for the voice. Um, I, th I think that, too, the voices on the whole tend to be rather smaller in this, in this generation of singers. We don't get voices, big voices like Milanoff and, and uh, Flagstad and, and Nielsen so much, you know, we, we get, there are, there are that, that I, th I think that the bel canto repertoire has become that much more popular, that, that people are concentrating on singing a lot of coloratura without probably ever singing much of a legato line, which they have to do anyway if they sing a recitative, if they sing the bel canto uh, repertoire, they still have to sing a good legato, but I think the voices are not, not really technically worked on enough. I think that the technicalities of singing are, are somehow pushed aside for, for getting in there and doing the roles. They pick up a score and think, oh, I love that aria, I'd love to sing that, and do. And it's not always the best idea. People used to visit us at, at, in, in the summer because we always took six weeks off. And um, where our house is, it was on the on the route through from England to Italy. And um, people used to drop in for a few days. And so we used to have house guests a lot of the time. It's it's sort of slackened off a bit now. I want to be in my garden. I want to be doing things. I don't want to, too many guests around. <laughs> you know, wear old clothes and grub in the garden. I, I listen to, to recordings more now than I did when I, when I was singing myself because I didn't really have time to do that. I was learning so much, so many pieces one after the other. I like a lot of the Handel and, and uh, uh, earlier music. I love listening to Mozart. I love listening to a lot of the ballet music. I love, I love operetta. I do listen sometimes to my own recordings because so many of them are coming out on Pirates now and I think, oh, that was a live performance. I wonder how that sounded, you know. So I do sometimes listen when these, these pop up. But um, How does that feel? Oh, I love them. I think they're great because they're so honest. I mean, there's no, no interference from, from technicians in, in, with the, in the recording company. And, of course, it, it is done from beginning to end, whereas the recordings sometimes start in the middle and then you, you went to the end to record a bit because somebody else was not available at another time. And, you know, they're all pieced together. And so there's a certain lack of cohesion to me. But to, to get the, the live performance is wonderful because you really you really get the feel of, of, of a role progressing through the opera.
about the, the younger Joan Sutherland recordings when you hear those? <laughs> Does this... I think some of them are very funny. <laughs> Why? Well, I, mean, I think it's funny that they've, they've sort of dug them out and, and put them out as recordings. It's, it's uh, interesting. Um, well, I suppose you can see how the voice developed in, from, from being one type of voice into another, into another sort of sphere and uh, also how it got older too. <laughs> and slowly. <laughs> yeah. Was that said to you somewhere along the way? Mm, no, not, not in so many words at the, at the outset, but uh, I got the message. <laughs> no, you, 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 I think some of them want to, want to do too much too soon, and it's, it's fatal. Some of the young people, I don't think, realise just how tough it is. Sutherland, who died on October 10th, 2010. That was another Tall Poppies postcard, which featured an interview from my archives. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then do visit the Tall Poppies website, tall-poppies.com. If you'd like more information, send us an email to info at tall-poppies.com. It was nice to have you with us. Tall Poppies, the podcast, was produced in Berlin by me, Brendan O'Shea. I look forward to welcoming you to our next edition of Tall Poppies, the podcast, very soon. Goodbye.